Well, hello, friends. I'm Kirk Moose with Moose Ministries, and this is Barry Clinging with me. We're back for another Bishop in the Moose, and we're so excited today. We decided to change it up just a little bit, and uh, we want to talk with you about what is it like coming out of the pandemic, and what exactly has it done for the church? You know, Kirk, we've talked about that along the way some, and this is really like another along the way, because we're still in the middle of a lot of change that's going on, but it's always good to stop along the way and kind of you know introspectively look and say what's changed as a result of us going through this uh, pandemic and and specifically as it relates to uh, god's people gathering as a church and before we get too into it hey guys if you haven't subscribed yet hit the subscribe button and then hit the notification bell so that you get notified anytime that we release a new show also you can check us out down in the comments the podcast so if you when you're running or if you're doing your uh commute you know because you really shouldn't watch video when you're commuting (laughs) if you're commuting on your way to work you can listen to the podcast there as well Um, but you know this really sparked a conversation as you and I were talking off off the record so to speak about how a friend of mine down in Columbia asked his church what have we learned through the isolation of the pandemic yes and he responded back saying you know some of my congregants responded back saying that we learned that the church was not about a building You know, that's something that I think most every Christian in America, especially in the States, but anywhere, we know that. We know that theologically the Bible teaches that the church is the people and it's not our facilities, but it's been a new level of understanding when we're not able to come to those facilities and meet when we were actually in the quarantine where we couldn't even come and had to do everything uh, across uh, the the internet. Uh, So I think it's brought a new level of understanding to remind us of a, you know, you can know it in your head, but until you experience it, uh, you know, then it becomes more something that, hey, that's really true. And it really is true. I I know, uh, you know, my church and every church, uh, we, for a time period, and some in some states are still not able to come together and meet. But in Texas, we've been able, we only missed about two months where we could not actually come and gather in the building. Uh, but after that, when we did, were allowed to come back, we did, were not allowed to have any other activities. So, you know, traditionally Bible studies, Sunday school, uh, big events like vacation Bible school, uh, you know, conferences, uh, on and on it goes. And one of the things as a pastor, I'll tell you, Kirk, I learned is that it, it was very interesting because when I would try to do announcements or anything going on, I realized that there's not... Uh, anything to announce because we were not doing all these activities and I think that brings us to a place of learning not those is not the building but knowing that that we can gather as you know make the real main thing the main thing and coming back together one of the things I think was very interesting is you were talking to me how a lot of pastors were so concerned about losing communication losing touch and the different people within the church actually losing the cohesion that the body has now, a lot of people, if they're not part of a church, they may not understand what we mean by part of the body. Right. But what we mean is part of the community. Exactly. If we put it in the general terms. Exactly. And so what we found, like you and I talked about, is that we haven't really lost community. We, can you elaborate on that, some? Well, we've gained it. And I, I was most surprised at that. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is something none of us uh, have ever experienced you know, in our life. We've always done church a certain way. Uh, you know, the way we meet on Sundays and other times and all of that. And so, you know, the first concern is how are we going to communicate all of these things? 
we were already set up to do live streaming, but we had really never emphasized it. We thought of it more in terms of people that couldn't be there on Sunday while they were traveling or something. But all at once, it became the main thing. And so what I found out is our people started communicating actually at a higher level than they did uh, before. It, it may, may have, some of that is probably as a result of the fact that we were all shaken a little bit, you know, through this. And so we were more, uh, uh, more intentional in our actions to check on people and call them and, and do that. But I, I think it, you know, it warmed my heart that I saw people, you know, stepping up and doing that. I, I would mention along with that, in the area of stewardship and our giving um, at our church, we, you know, and this is not a good thing, but we just never mention it. We never talk about it and never make a big deal about it. Obviously, when we came back, there's no more passing the plates as we still did traditionally. You, you know, that's out. That'll be out forever. And for most churches, it was already something they didn't do, but we had done it as part of worship to remember stewardship. But I saw something happen in our church that was just an incredible blessing. I went back and I think it was late July, and I went back to when this thing started, about March 15th, and that period, and I was able to pull up the records and kind of play with the records, and I noticed an actual uptick in our giving over that time. It actually was gone, it went up a little bit, not, you know, record being said or anything, but it still, it didn't go down, and it didn't stay even, it actually went up a little bit, and some of our uh, elderly uh, you know, families or some of those that are not real technologically strong found how to get online, set up their online giving, and were able to do that. So it was not just communicating with one another. It was also learning how to do things like give online. You know, it's amazing when we're stretched beyond what we normally do, mm. how we can actually go beyond what we think we can do. It's just like you said, there's a lot of the folks that they're a little up in age. They're not tech savvy. That's not their thing. Right. They would, if they, their tech savviness would be turning the TV on and flipping the channels. Yes. You know, they don't care about the computer. They don't care about video games. They don't care about all this online entertainment like a lot of the younger crowd enjoys. But what they do understand is the importance of being good stewards of their giving. And because they saw the need, they stretched themselves beyond what they could normally do. Yes. And they went ahead and made the bridge to that gap. Now, the other thing that I can think of in that same genre of bridging the gap is what happened during this season is we actually found that people bridged the gap with communications. Yes. The, uh, many people began to seek God and pray more. Mm -hmm. So we found that the people who were lukewarm, they pretty much fell away. Yes. You know, so it was almost like a shaking. Yes. And a blowing of the wind in a way because Jesus talks about in the end, the, the angels will come and sort out the wheat from the tares. Yes. And the only way you know the difference is when the wind blows. Yes. Because the wheat, because of its heaviness of the grain, will bend with the wind. The tares will stand stand straight up. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, we say this a lot of times, and I think it's true, you know, uh, and we can say it about a lot of different issues, but in this case, the pandemic, we can say, you know, the pandemic did, didn't cause problems. The pandemic reveals problems. Yes. And if our spiritual life has been insufficient in areas that we it didn't really notice because we didn't need it, but then all at once we get faced with the reality of this worldwide situation, what's going to happen, not knowing the future, all of this, it made people either, like you said, one or two things, either those that are so lukewarm that they just pulled completely off that totally trusting in what the experts are saying or science is saying 
But there was another group that people that turned to God, and even the ones that were walking with God, I think grew and strengthened in their relationship. Yes. I know I have personally Definitely. Uh, during this time. It's been a been a time to uh, to re, you know look at things differently and in a different way and see what's going on in the world. And so you know that part of it, I don't think there's a pastor in America that that was not thankful. Uh, we certainly don't wish this would happen, you know, the way it happened for people to be ill or even die. But we see a good out of this and that there's a rallying of the church. And it brings me back to something I harp on a lot. But it's uh, the biggest transformation is that we get out of this idea of participation as being the, uh, the cumulative way of telling whether we're making a difference. And we all do this in church life in the, in the States. You know, how many did you have for Bible study? Oh, Kirk, you had 20. Oh, wow, God's at work. Well, that's participation. He had 20 participants. What we really need to be asking the question is how many lives were transformed? We've seen a great uh, mo movement in our student ministry, and we're seeing a lot of uh, 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 students uh, getting saved and being, their life being transformed. And so I said, well, how many are they running now? I said, I don't know, but I know that they're constantly coming and giving me testimony of this one got saved, this one got saved, this one's life was changed. And I think that's another thing the church is changing. We're learning that what really matters is is this work? Is this really changing someone's life? And I and I think that the application to mega churches and to small churches and every other church in between is that we've learned numbers really don't mean anything. Now we said that all along, but now we're really realizing that. And matter of fact, some of the more smaller churches have become more nimble and more quick to respond and easier to meet when they all come back. You know, and those type of things. So uh, it's a lot a lot of good good things that come out of that. Oh, definitely. How about you? And I'm saying how about you because I'm already had a question in mind. Yes. Um, during this time, has there been areas in your life, and I know personally for me there has been, where God has challenged you to reach beyond the areas that you understand or are comfortable in, to broaden your perspective and understanding. For example, spiritual warfare, gifts of the Spirit, prophecy is that has there been something that he's really challenged you in to grow yourself in a way that you've not been as affluent in before i've got an answer to that immediately and it's interesting because i want to say all of the above the spiritual warfare <laughs> prophetic truth revelation every, everything has expanded and everything has grown deeper and and more fuller in this in this atmosphere but i confess to the church recently uh about all these years I've been preaching and preaching on peace and uh, preaching on having a you know relationship with God that makes a difference in the middle of crisis. And uh, you know, I just confessed my church, I talked a good talk for many years, but I didn't walk a very good walk. And I, I know my wife who is, is so godly and which is too godly to point these things out, but I know she'd give me that look sometimes after I'd preach on being strong in the Lord and peace of God ruling in your heart. And then I'd come home and within hours, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do that? And I just was a worry wart. And you know, that, that sounds like a minor thing, but it really is a major thing to me. And what I have learned through this, it, just personally, is God has given me an incredible breakthrough of experiencing the reality of his presence in my life that has overflowed into a peace that passes understanding. And people who know me best, my wife, my kids, close friends, know what a worrier, and I see things, everything that could go wrong, and I worry, and I worry. And you know, I guess the thing that changed me most, and I say this all the time, Kirk, was that the old man at the end of his life, 
is asked, you know, what, about his life. And he said, you know, I worried about a lot of things in life. And some of them actually happened. And when you say that, it really makes you realize, you know, what we do spend a lot of time. And, and that seemed almost like a minor thing. It's been a major breakthrough in my personal spiritual growth to truly experience the risen Christ that has brought about, and not just talking, but a reality of the way I talk, the way I speak, the way I handle things, the way I sleep at night, everything else as a result of, of experiencing that. And I think God's people are, are manifold in these type of testimonies, not just about peace, but about all kinds of breakthroughs. I had someone tell me the other day of a breakthrough. They stepped it up in their giving and started tithing. I've not taught on that. I've not even mentioned it. But they were challenged by the Holy Spirit on that, and they talked about how it's transforming their life. So anytime we obey the Lord, it, it brings us into a new revelation and a new level of experience of His presence. But uh, that's certainly been the change in my life right, right straight on uh, about that. You know, I would love to ask you and start, you know, kind of just in a little bit of time we have left, because there's so much to talk about the church changing during this time. But I think one of the huge ones, it might even take a whole whole time of our broadcast to talk about, but is to talk about how the church is moving over into a new level of persecution and that it's never had in the Western world, in the United States. And we're about to move into that. And we are in that, and we're not moving into it. There is uh, around the edges a, uh, a real movement uh, towards silencing those who are, I won't say radical in their Christianity, who are just, you know, orthodox in their Christianity and believing the morals and the ethics and the teachings that we believe in following Christ as our Savior. That has uh, been tolerated by the elite, but it is no longer going to be tolerated, and there's going to be active persecution, you know, coming to the church as a result of that. Do you see that? Oh, brother, I see it throughout Scripture. Mm -hmm. The scriptures say that when you follow my name, what yes. Jesus says, you will, not maybe, it says mm -hmm. you will receive persecution, mm -hmm. and some even death. Yes. So the question has to be, when we accept Christ, are we all in? Are we yeah. really all in yes. for the gospel? And the thing is, is when you look at the disciples that became the apostles, there's no way in reality that they would die on a cross for something that they didn't full-hearted believe was the real thing. That's exactly right. So they were convinced more than just the just a normal convincing. They were convinced as sure as they knew they could breathe their next breath mm -hmm. that Jesus was the Christ, that he rose, he you know, he was going to come back mm -hmm. for his church. And that he was the way that paved the way for salvation. And think about this. They actually saw him in his resurrected state yes. as he appeared to them. And, of course, they became that flaming foundation of fire and power that, that brought the gospel to that early uh, world. But remember what Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who believe who do not see That's right. with a physical eyes. And when you look over the history of the church for these uh, 2,000 years, you see men and women who have given their lives over and over and over again because of that strong faith they have in the Lord. Um, it's here. And, uh, you know, we saw it in Egypt uh, this uh, several years ago when they marched all those Coptic Christians out and uh, these Muslims beheaded them in orange, you know, jumpsuits and took them out there and beheaded all these fathers and these Christian men who would not renounce their faith. And you say, well, that's over there. That's there. And, and it might not be there in terms of, of martyrdom right now, but it's headed that way because uh, 
there is a antichrist spirit that is released and anything that's truly christian is going to be greatly persecuted and we have been in a bubble for so long so many of us our entire life we've enjoyed a a country that has a constitutional protection of freedom of religion but that has been encroached on encroached upon and will continue to be as that is eroded and those who stand firm for their faith are going to going to suffer the persecution. I think it's one of the big things that we have to prepare ourselves for. And I think through this pandemic, we're beginning to see that. Well, there's uh, two things that we have to remember. This is not a message of fear. You're right. right. Because exactly. when you have faith in Christ, you have his strength to get yes. you through the storm. And if you look at many nations across the world where Christians are heavily persecuted, the church is actually more radically and quickly growing in those regions exactly. than anywhere else. It's the most interesting thing. It's the one religion to where when you persecute it, it, it tends to multiply exactly. like wildfire. But when you don't persecute it, it's almost like you throw water on it and it quenches it out, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think it's because it's so easy to fall into conformity. It's yes. so easy to fall into the normal day-to-day -day mm -hmm. thing get distracted and become ineffective for your faith yes. or in your faith. Think about how many Christians, even today, allow anxiety and worry to so overcome them that they're not any good for the kingdom of God exactly. or even their family. Exactly. So we have to make sure that as a body, that we keep our eyes on the cross, mm -hmm. in the word, and to keep our ears open and our eyes ready to see whatever the Lord is trying to tell us. And I think, I know we're running out of time, but mm -hmm. you know, I think we also need to encourage everyone, be filled with the Holy Spirit. By all means. Because if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it's yes. going to be very hard to overcome any situation that's coming against you. However, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will empower you to move way beyond anything that you could do in your own capabilities. That's a true, and that that is, uh, I would not only say it's hard, I'd say it's impossible. I yes. mean, uh, the church is going to have to fall in love with the Holy Spirit, nurture that relationship, and, and grow in it. it it's not a, uh, just something we choose, it's a necessity. We can't make yes. it any other way. And listen, I, I will say this, some of us have been pastors a long time, have grieved for years over the anemic quality in the church today because of the so many lukewarm, so many people have turned uh, Christianity and just a religion, all of these things. And almost there's a part within me that says I'm almost glad that the persecution will rise because it will purify the church and we're going to see, we're going to get a whole lot more done with a lot less. Uh, a lot of this stuff's just been fluff around the edges and we're getting, when you get persecuted, you get down to the faithful. But the faithful that are committed, as Gideon found out and others in the Bible, we can do much more with those that are committed with God with us. And so I'm, I'm excited about the days ahead. I really believe we're going to live to see a great revival take place in the church. It's not going to look anything like what we thought it was going to look like, but it's going to come, and it's going to come out of persecution. I, I truly believe that. That's it. Guys, we thank you so much for joining us. You know, Pastor Barry and I want to hear from you. You can reach Pastor Barry at bclingon at trophylakes.org, or you can go to mooseministriesinc.com to reach me through our contact page. We really would like to hear your thoughts, anything that you would like us to talk about. If there's a subject that you're really struggling with, we'll be happy to pray over it and then discuss it. And at the same time, if you have a prayer request, please submit that to either Pastor Barry's email or on our online form on the website. 
Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We would love for you to be able to join us every time we release a new show, but you're not going to get the notifications if you don't enable the subscription plus the notification bell so that every time we publish one that you'll see that. Also, don't forget to check out our um, podcast, podcast down in the com tech, com comments, and uh, you'll also be able to subscribe to our newsletter. Guys, God bless you. You have a wonderful day. God bless.